Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, January 10th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. Iowa would like to have its AD search completed before the month is out, according to College AD, which reports the university spoke with candidates virtually between Christmas and New Year's. Interim AD Beth Getz is still considered the front-runner and, per College AD, has garnered the support of numerous Hawkeye coaches and staff while serving in the interim role. UNC Asheville AD Janet Cohn's contract extension through 2026 includes a salary increase from $190,000 to $200,000 next year and another raise to $210,000 the year after that, College AD reports. Should the Bulldogs part ways with Cohn without cause she would be owed any remaining base pay due to her through the term of the contract. Michigan's national championship victory over Washington was the most-watched CFP title tilt in the past four years with an average of 25.1 million viewers. That's up 45% year-over-year and was surpassed in viewership only by the Wolverines' Rose Bowl victory over Alabama. Sportico's Anthony Krupe reports the game generated nearly $90 million in total ad sales revenue for ESPN as legacy CFP partners Allstate, AT&T, Geico, Taco Bell, Dr. Pepper and Gatorade invested more than $800,000 for each 30-second in-game spot that aired Monday night. Dr. Pepper, which was the very first brand that former ESPN ad sales boss Ed Earhart signed as an official CFP partner back in March 2014, snapped up three spots. Fellow 10-year CFP backers Allstate and AT&T were among the biggest spenders, as the insurance company and the wireless carrier combined to lay down more than $10 million. Per ESPN, the national championship peaked at 28 million viewers and the three-game CFP was the most watched since 2018. It also ranks in the top 15 cable telecasts of all time and was the fourth-best non-NFL sports telecast since 2018. Former Fox Sports president Bob Thompson adds some context to reports that ESPN is seeking to acquire sole rights to the college football playoff for $1.3 billion per year, when considering this new agreement, remember that currently, ESPN has separate TV deals with the CFP and the Sugar, Orange, and Rose Bowls. The Bowls then have a deal with CFP to host a semi every three years. The dollars floating around on the current CFP deal are often underreported because the three bowl deals aren't incorporated. The AP's Ralph Russo reported on multiple occasions that ESPN pays an average of $470 million to CFP and another $130 million to Sugar, Orange, and Rose for a total of $600 million AAV. I've seen higher numbers but we will go with these as it is one that folks in the sports TV business believe to be more applicable than the payment for just the $470 million for the three CFP games. Based on a typical 4.5% annual increase, I would think that ESPN is paying a combined $716 million this season and would pay $780 million in the last year of the current deal. This is before any payment for the four additional games to be played in 2024 and 2025. It seems to me when you add four games and are coming off a 12-year deal the numbers being thrown around seem light. Just my opinion. Craig's media principal Patrick Craig's agrees would suggest there's an assumption that everyone wants this property and that it's a great fit, or at least part of it is, for a wide pool of possible tier 1 partners. What if that assumption is off some? Also, only one potential partner can probably justify top figure exclusively. Samford AD Martin Newton, who serves on the men's basketball committee, talks with Southern Conference Associate Commissioner for Brand Strategy and Broadcast Dave Friedman about his role on the committee and says when it comes to seating AQs, such as Furman last season, it often is influenced by what happens in other leagues. 
I think there was an upset in the Ivy League, there were some upsets in some other tournaments and so I was able to vote, what I thought based on not only the analytics, but on the eye test. One thing that I think is probably not as well known is this committee watches a lot of basketball games. Not just Power 5 games. Newton says he's watching those games trying to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, looking at their analytics, and so by that time they came around not only was I familiar with Furman because I've seen them play in person, but I was also familiar with some of the other teams, and was able to take my SOCON hat off because, again, at the end of the day that's what we're charged to do. There's no bias in that room. For the SOCON in particular, Newton explains it's important to win those games that you're supposed to win and make sure that if you are scheduling correctly in the non-conference that you have a winning record in the non-conference for Division 1. So, scheduling is really important knowing that you're not going to get as many opportunities as P5 to get Quad 1 opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday January 10th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.